Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. With over 20 years in healthcare, Dr. Gray is a doctor of oriental medicine and holistic physician fusing Eastern and Western healing. Dr. Gray is on staff at Jupiter Medical Center and in private practice with an office in Jupiter, Florida, where he resides. Dr. Gray enjoys being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Baden-Baden, Germany, and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and Biarritz, France. He is co author of several books on food therapy and the founder of the annual Star Summit Talks at the Norton Museum of Art in Palm Beach, Florida. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, quality living with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we appreciate you so much. As always, we're on available via all podcasts, so if you have to step away from any part of this show, if you're listening via radio, then you know what? No worries. Just uh, check us out on the podcast. Um, so very honored to have a beautiful uh, person in the studio with me today who spends uh, his days uh, helping out <clears throat> with a very worthy cause and a very important, um, you know, part of education and recreation over at the Ells for Autism Foundation. Thank you for joining us, Greg Connors. Thank you for having me, Dr. Ken. Good to be here. Yes. We, um, you know, when it comes to Ernie Els, uh, a lot of people know the name from golf, and uh, but I think more so now, as, as the time goes on, it's become a household name for the work they're doing for uh, the autism community mm-hmm. and their families. Absolutely. Um, when I was reading their website, and they say, we envision a world of limitless possibilities for individuals with autism spectrum disorder and their families. Their global mission, the global mission for ELS for autism is to transform the lives of people with autism and those who care for them through lifetime services and collaborative partnerships. Correct. And under that, there's tons of goals. And we're going to speak about some of that today with your work, your valuable, very valuable work with them in the area of recreation services and how that just expands to so many different areas. Yes, I'm so, excited to be here today. Yeah, thank you. No, this is so important because, you know, I remember growing up, at, you know, there was no such thing as this and, and this consideration for for children that, you know, were just processing and viewing the world differently. And that's Correct. really what we're looking at. Correct. You know? And I think that, uh, you know, the, the work that we try to do at the foundation, not only in recreation, but across all of our departments and services, be it early intervention and education, adult services, you know, global outreach, um, we're trying to pull together the best and brightest in the world in this field and help people understand this disorder. Um, and how the individuals affected by it simply see the world differently and how we can best communicate with them and serve them and help them reach their full potential. Right. And it was started, obviously, by a man, a very famous man, Early Ells, whose son is Correct. on the spectrum. Correct. Ben, uh, ben is will be 21 years old, I believe, in uh, this month co- upcoming in October. Um, he is a student currently at the Learning Academy, which is a Palm Beach County Charter School, another nonprofit uh, organization that is located on our campus and shares building space with us. Um, you know, Ben is, is heavily involved in recreation, as you can imagine, participates in uh, our dance therapy class, our golf class, 
our kickball classes, um, and is, you know, in a short time going to be joining our adult day training program. Um, and we're very excited to uh, have recently opened a 21,000 square foot uh, new Stoops Family Foundation Adult Services building that is going to be able to offer um, not only the growth of our adult day training program, um, but additionally, you know, uh, employment services, job coaching, and, and uh, really full lifespan comprehensive services that can help individuals, you know, as they make that transition out of high school and into adulthood. And mm-hmm. um, we're excited to, to be able to have this beautiful space to, to be able to set them up for the best success possible and, right. you know, lead the most fulfilling lives that they can to work and live independently where that's appropriate for those individuals. And, you know, as I mentioned before, also serve the families too, because this is a a uh, disorder that affects obviously not only the individual, but in a tremendous way, the family, uh, the immediate family and all the caretakers involved. And so we want to be there to support them through this journey as well. You know, and it's something that um, when you are a family and you have your child that has been diagnosed or you've noticed, and there's obviously it's called a spectrum for a reason. Correct. High function, low function, Mm -hmm. and so forth and so on. Um, so much of that attention and for so long was geared towards the younger population. However, like you said, the adult, um, the the availability for the adults on the spectrum was being neglected for so long until obviously in big part a change on a global level with the Ellsworth Nation. The, The most recent CDC statistics that have come out, I think it was in March of this year, is that one in 36 children is now diagnosed with autism spectrum okay. disorder. Yeah. And so if we kind of step back and take a broad view, um, you know, the, the earliest years were heavily dedicated to understanding and doing, conducting and understanding and evaluating the research, right? What, what is this that's becoming so much more prevalent, right. uh, affecting so many more kids um, and young people? And then there was a shift kind of to, uh, adult services, right? Jobs, job training. Uh, mm-hmm. And now I think there's a there's a heavy emphasis and shift on uh, and into housing considerations yeah. and, and long term, you know, okay, great. Now that we better understand autism, now that we can diagnose it earlier and more efficiently um, to provide services for families and for, for children, right. now that we've got uh, awareness in the, you know, corporate community, um, through programs like our You Can Employ program, yeah. you know, educating Which is workplaces. huge because that was, I mean, there was only maybe one or two companies that used to, you know, employ right. and, and actively support the autism spectrum community. Correct. And, uh, and yeah. as I mentioned a moment ago, we have a, a new program we're building and, and rolling out soon, You Can Employ, where we will train uh, corporations, workplaces on how to best serve and accommodate the needs of individuals with autism. I, I do want to get more into that, but I don't mm-hmm. want to just kind of walk over this number um, just to put it in perspective. One in 36, mm-hmm. that's huge. And that's obviously meaning that there's growth and that could increase, especially without awareness of why. However, just stopping at that number, one in 36, that's, that's I mean, that's if you have a room of 100 people, put that in perspective. Like, So that's a social issue now. Correct. I mean, you know, it's 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 a it's involving us 
everyone because now it's like you said it's corporate it's, it's school it's families it's community it's every it's everything absolutely um yeah. and and so it's going to change the way that a big portion of humanity looks at the world and processes the world too not just people on the spectrum correct and and i think there you know there's tremendous value obviously in serving the individuals with autism, equipping them with the skills they need to go out into the world, but also coming at it from the other side. And as we're trying, and as you just mentioned, um, you know, going out into the community and educating businesses and workplaces and uh, better understanding, you know, things that they might see, challenging behaviors that might occur, uh, you know, what the impetus might be for those in different situations, how to help that individual yeah. work through that moment or that situation or, you know, and, and I also think uh, it's so important to recognize and to celebrate all the wonderful skills and, you know, amazing yes. Yes. abilities these this population unique. has yeah. as well. Unique, and unique contributions that can be made. So, so let's talk about a little bit about that because I've had some conversations with you and you're more than just a person that is working in this foundation. Um, you as an individual have a more conscious nature to you, which I can respect, and one of the reasons I wanted to speak with you. So when you look at some of the individuals that you have the privilege of working with, and I'll say mm-hmm. that because you obviously approach it from that manner, mm-hmm. I'm wondering what you think about the energy and the overall um, way that we should all consider you know, a person with autism and the things that we should think of when we interact, right? So the first thing that comes to me is energy um, in terms of how we speak, volume, um, calmness, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, the, the individuals that I've had to treat over the years, and, and there's been a, quite a few families that I've been involved with where I've treated for various neurological issues and um, stress reduction, um, appetite and digestive disorders, and all the things that kind of connect and intertwine in there under that umbrella of, of autism. Um, one of the things is is creating a, an atmosphere that they can feel comfortable in. And that atmosphere obviously includes how I also am communicating with them. And um, my inner energy has to also be in alignment with them. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you talk about these tools and this restructuring of how we look at things, how, how do you see that? And what is your experience with some of these individuals that you have the privilege of working with? Sure. I think I'd, I'd speak first about my experience, you know, as the recreation services manager in trying to build programs that are welcoming to these individuals and to their families um, that allow them the same outlet anyone else, you know, a neurotypical peer would, would want and need, right? Mm-hmm. Socialization, communication, mm-hmm. physical exercise, um, you know, working on and developing t- uh, concepts like teamwork and uh, accountability and um, you know celebrating success for themselves and for others so um, you know we try very hard to create a very you know comprehensive and well-rounded approach that allows for any individual to be successful so i have participants in my recreation programs that are completely nonverbal. 
right. and they come and they participate with us you with the use of AAC uh, assistive or augmentative communication devices mm-hmm. uh, with different software applications on them right um, so, so and just for the parts uh, there's sure. part of probably a few people in our audience who may not understand what this is it's almost like an iPad or a, a pad of so, something that they would uh, click on a picture exactly. which would then equal a word that a, a person who can hear exactly right? so there's um, there's an, an audio output so that yeah. they can communicate their wants and needs with yes. us in the right. moment and right absolutely okay. um, and you know, we have other individuals who are extremely verbal mm-hmm. and, you know, want to want to talk to you uh, nonstop. Right. And the challenge for them then is not so much uh, eliciting the communication, but helping make them aware of when it's possibly too much communication. Right. Oh, yeah. I need some space or yeah. I've answered that already. Yeah. What else can we talk yeah. about? Yeah. So, you know, we need and to I've come at it from both, both sides. So I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so as a disability, you know, autism affects three main areas. Their, their social and communication skills, um, their behavioral or emotional regulation skills, um, and then their motor skills. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you see, you know, there's a, there's a phrase that gets repeated often in the, in the autism community. You know, if you've met one individual with autism, you've met one individual with autism, right? right. Because it can look so different for, uh, yeah, for everyone. Absolutely. Um, and so, as I said, we, we have, you know, individuals who may be nonverbal, but they're tremendous athletes. I mean, they have great hand-eye coordination. Mm. They, they can grip and swing the golf club right. with ease. Um, the other individuals who maybe are more verbal and on the outset, at the outset, may not appear, uh, you know, to to have their disability uh, really struggle with the motor skills and muscle strength and just grip weakness. And so um, we really have to be careful and deliberate about having the tools and the resources at hand, the visual aids and supports um, to build in things like routine, predictability. Mm -hmm. You know, these are very important for individuals with autism to be successful. Um, they like to know what's coming. They they can be very thrown off if their routine is adjusted or, um, you know, just thrown off in any way. So yeah. um, it could be as simple as a different coach coming that day. Right, you know, attachment we, to individuals is a big deal. Co- correct. It could be just sim- simply something in the environment. You know, something, a chair isn't in the spot it's normally in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we try our best to be as mindful as possible about that and those those conditions and what's going to um, offer the most successful opportunity for individuals to you know achieve their athletic fitness yes. socialization goals through our rec programs i want to talk about those rec programs because that's obviously a very big part of the show that is what you're offering and how mm-hmm. this translates to success in life and so forth but before we do that i do want to talk about how you train your faculty members and people that are interacting with um you know uh, individuals on the spectrum because that advice or not that that insight not advice we're not here to advise but there there's some insight to be had that uh, listeners who maybe are new to um, the world of autism mm-hmm. may benefit from obviously the number one uh, word that comes to my mind is patience you know mm-hmm. but how do you teach someone patience <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so right. tell me a little bit about that training and looks sure so you know I'll, I'll speak first uh, you know my background is uh, I have a master's in special education uh, and 
taught in the classrooms of South Philadelphia for nearly nine years. Um, so I, I come to this rec services manager position with uh, a lot of foundational instructional um, credentials. Mm -hmm. and But we have a very transdisciplinary team. I mean, we have on-site, on-campus um, OTs, PTs, you know, um, speech-language pathologists referred to as SLPs. We have uh, board-certified behavior analysts, BCBAs. Um, we have a, a, an amazing team around us that kind of helps train uh, across departments and, and mm -hmm. you know, best prepares everyone to, to provide the best services possible in their specific yeah. department. So I have, you know, as I said, I, I fill the role of recreation services manager. I oversee the department. Um, we have a recreation therapist on staff. Mm. We also have four to five part-time recreation assistants who uh, have varying levels of experience in the field, to be yeah. honest with you. So, you know, first and foremost, we try to find, as you mentioned, the, the best kind of high-quality people that right. we feel are invested in this field and want to be there and want to be working with individuals with autism. Right. Um, some of those recreation assistants are paraprofessionals who support classroom, lead classroom teachers in the Learning Academy, which is the school on campus. Um, others are simply those who maybe are in training to become a registered behavior technician or RBT, it's called, mm -hmm. uh, or a BCBA. And they, they simply want more experience to kind of complement their in-classroom training. So, you know, we have an individual who recently started on our team who comes from a, a fitness and nutrition background. Um, she doesn't have a lot of experience working with directly with individuals with autism, uh, but is invested, right. is eager to learn, you know, and Coming brings a, a positivity yeah. and a joy yeah. of being there every day. Yeah. And we're willing to work with and train that person, right? Perfect, because yeah. we, we believe the, you know, as I said earlier, the, the consistency uh, and predictability is so important. You know, we want the best people, but we want the best people for as long as we can have them too, right? Yeah. right? So yeah. uh, so we have my team specifically, I'll, I'll say again, is, is has varying levels of experience in this field. Right. And all different sorts of degrees. So that being said, tell us about some of these recreational programs that you've created and absolutely yeah um m many i inherited uh i want to you know say um what great work uh was done to to build the rec program uh to get it where it was when i came on board in february mm -hmm. of 2022 um, but we currently have eight uh on-site programs after school programs we run and they run every weekday from 2 to 5 p.m they include tennis fitness golf yoga, uh, kickball, art, dance therapy. Um, the other offerings we have in my department is two virtual clubs. Um, one is called Spectrum Book Club, and it's simply, you know, once a week for an hour, I meet online with uh, individuals ages 16 and up. And um, we do a, a simple round-robin reading of, a, of an agreed-upon book, uh, it's an opportunity for those individuals, you know, maybe after they've gotten home from school or for the adults who have a part-time job in the morning when they get home from work, just to have that socialization piece, um, you know, built into their afternoons. So the other virtual club is a connections club, we call it. And that's more of a general social group. You know, it's kind of each week we meet around a particular theme and build a, a PowerPoint presentation around a particular theme. And 
just simply make connections to you know the topic, to each other, to family members in our lives that um, we're influenced by and that we care about. And um, the other things under kind of my oversight are a spring break camp that we run on campus here in Jupiter uh, during spring break week. Um, we also run a six-week summer camp uh, from mid-June to the end of July. And uh, we take off-site field trips. We have kind of in-house field trips or, or vendors come in and um, include different programming and, and as much and as a diverse an offering as possible as any individual would get at any camp, right? I would, I've heard of great strides being made, and no pun intended, with coupling of um, the equestrian uh, yes. uh, community and the autism community. Correct. There's uh, an organization locally you may be familiar with, Vince Ramos, and uh, they recently, you know, back in March, we had um, our fourth Autism Innovations and Global Impact Conference, which happened to be centered around and themed around recreation mm. um, and how recreation itself can be utilized as a supplemental intervention for individuals with autism. Um, so Vince Ramos was able to come and bring mm -hmm. horses onto campus mm -hmm. uh, at the back of the property and yeah. talk about equine therapy and the benefits of it and uh, kind of fill out the full complement of, of offerings and live demonstrations mm -hmm. we were able to do, whether it was golf, fitness, equine therapy. Uh, we were very excited to, to offer that and that is growing yeah. for sure, as you mentioned. Um, the other piece of my role that I, I certainly want to mention is the oversight of our Ernie L's hashtag Game on Autism Sports Series. And so when we teach our golf classes on campus here in Jupiter, the coaches who are from the first tee of Palm Beaches, um, they teach our curriculum. You know, we have, we piloted and ran a um, comprehensive global uh, pilot study and case study to design a golf curriculum, you know, how to teach golf specifically to individuals with autism. Mm. And so we have currently golf, tennis, and fitness as manualized programs. And if there is an organization, a school, a community center, anywhere literally around the world that wants to offer in their local community golf, tennis, or fitness, and later we're going to be building out our Game On Aquatics offering as well, they can reach out to me and become what we call an official program provider or OPP. They would go through an online training. Uh, it's anywhere from 90 minutes to two hours, mm -hmm. depending upon um, whether they need to break that up, uh, those viewings and, and webinar viewings up for themselves. And then following that, the completion of that training course is a 30-minute post-training call that they hold with me and I just basically learn about what it is they're trying to do in their local community you know how many uh, individuals are they trying to serve is it golf tennis fitness and I'm basically the liaison for them and the kind of touch person for them to how to build and design an offering of classes in those different sports in their local community wonderful and so we're very excited also about, you know, I, met, I referenced earlier the First Tee, um, a wonderful organization that does golf instruction, junior golf instruction. We are working now to build uh, a partnership with the First Tee, and we've made our online training in golf available to all 150 of their domestic sites as well as their six international sites. And so we have many, many um, 
coaches, volunteers, all completing our training. So we're very excited about that, the, the scale and growth of the game on golf, and um, very excited to just continue to build out that, that offering of uh, manuals for teaching different sports in people's locals com- local communities. It's, it's very exciting. It's wonderful that all this is available. How easy is it for a family uh, to attend, whether it's to benefit from the after-school programs mm-hmm. or, or the other aspects of the education? Is it, is it a complicated process to become approved? Um, are there grants? You know, mm-hmm. uh, if you could break that down. Sure. And, and so um, I would say the only thing that may make it difficult is the sheer demand for the services, right? It, and yeah. so, you know, um, it's probably a all of list. our classes, <laughs> correct. Many of our classes have waiting lists. Um, but, you know, what happens is, you know, my department is one of many in the inside of the foundation. Um, anyone who's interested in utilizing any of the services at the foundation, again, whether it's early intervention, recreation, adult services, would become a client of the foundation. And there's an intake process, paperwork is completed. Um, and then once the kind of first stage or first step of that intake process is complete, if that family is interested specifically in recreation services, I will get notified. I will reach out to them, schedule an in-person intake with them so that I can meet their son or daughter or uh, the individual who's going to be actually participating in the services. You know, we can understand better what they need to be successful, uh, what maybe co-occurring medical concerns there are for us. You know, we have to be mindful of all of those factors, obviously, as well. So, um, but once they have completed, you know, both the online intake paperwork process and the the in-person kind of observational piece, Mm -hmm. they are free to uh, join or sign up for any classes that have availability. Um, As you can imagine, the start of any given session um, is uh, is a stressful time for families trying to get into co- uh, classes and activities and um, we do the best we can to you know take on as many students as we can yeah. uh, while offering safety right and uh, quality programming right so well it's a growing community and with that comes the growing resources provided by the else for autism foundation thankfully. Um, And in part by you, Mr. Greg Connors, Recreation Service Manager, thank you for joining us. How do people find you? Sure. Um, Those interested can obviously go to ellsforautism.org, E-L-S-F-O-R-A-U-T-I-S-M.org, or can simply email me directly, greg dot c-o-n-n-o-r-s at ellsforautism.org. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Ken. Good to be with you. Yes, always. And uh, this has been brought to you in part by the Vell Health app. Download it today. Whatever your ailment, there's a program there. And if there's one that isn't, then it's on its way. Uh, Download it today via any uh, resource that you have, Apple, Google, and enjoy Vell Health via vellhealth.com as well.